This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and on this episode, we will sit down with Bates Athletics' newest Fulbright Award winner, Tika Carlson. We'll also talk with our Bobcats of the Week, football player Brandon Williams, and women's soccer captain Leah Humes. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates football team went toe-to-toe with Williams College on Saturday in Williamstown, Massachusetts, as the Bobcats fell by a score of 16-14. It was a back-and-forth affair as Williams led 6-0 after the first quarter. But in the second quarter, Bates would take the lead on a 10-play, 67-yard drive, capped by this Ivan Reese one-yard touchdown run. Third down and about a half a yard to the goal line, motion, and the give is to Reese, and he walks into the end zone and ties the game 6-6. Nearly untouched there, had a great gap to work with. The extra point was good, and Bates had a 7-6 lead, but the East would score right before halftime and take a 13-7 edge over the Bobcats. Neither team scored in the third quarter, and the East got on the board with a field goal in the fourth quarter to make it 16-7. However, Bates would not go away as the Bobcats rallied as Frank Williams punched it in. Option right pitch for Williams. He's got the corner touchdown. Frank Williams from three yards out. Neither team would score again as the Eves hung on to get the 16-14 win. Despite the football program's 0-3 start to the season, head coach Mark Harriman thinks the Bobcats are on the brink of breaking through. On the five-hour bus trip home, I... I pulled the stats from last year compared to this year, and, and literally they're almost identical. And when you look at you know the, a one-point loss and a, a, a two-point loss, and then you transfer that to a year ago, you know we could very easily be sitting here two and one. That um, you know it doesn't it doesn't do anything because that's shoulda, coulda, woulda. But by the same token, um, I'm really happy the way we're progressing. You know, we just we need to find a way when we have the opportunity on offense to put the ball in, in the end zone and not and not shoot ourselves in the foot. I mean, if they're capable of stopping us, that's one thing. But by the same token, in the last two weeks, we've had touchdowns taken off the scoreboard because of miscues on our part, and we, we just we can't have that. The men's soccer program engaged in a defensive struggle on Saturday at Connecticut College, falling by a final score of 1-0. But last Tuesday, they got a 1-0 win over Maine Maritime thanks to the first career goal from first-year defender Drew Munoz. Honestly, when I saw it, uh, I just tucked into the box on the far post, hoping maybe the ball would pop out, hoping to make up for a mistake I made earlier on a similar situation. Then Peeble went for the ball, and I guess he missed it or something, and he went down. I just saw the ball, knew what I had to do, and slotted it to the back post. And fortunately, the keeper wasn't able to put a hand on it. Kind of reaction play, the ball was right there for you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right place, right time. Uh, but fortunately, I'm, I'm happy that my teammates were there to put the ball in that situation. That goal wouldn't have happened without any of them. If uh, they weren't there, then they, I would never have had that opportunity, so I appreciate them. It's that time of year again. It's the fall rowing season for both the defending national champion women's rowing team and the men's team as well. Both are coached by Peter Steenstra. 
I sat down with the head coach of both teams to get an update on how the rowing teams are doing so far this fall as they had their opening regattas this past Saturday. It was a very good race for us um, at the Snake, is what, what that regatta is called. Our first boat finished second overall and the second boat finished fourth. So we had a very strong finishing by the top 16 women currently on the roster. Um, as far as replacing those seniors from last spring, we have some very strong freshmen that are in the mix of both boats. So there's four or five women that are in that group that are new to the program. And we have a group of women abroad right now. The juniors are all abroad. So there's a couple of bodies out there that will show up come springtime and, and help to re replenish the numbers. The head of Charles coming up. Kind of like a, is that like a statement for you guys to make to the rest of the country that, you know, Bates Rowing not only is defending national champions, but they're here to stay? We certainly are going into that regatta with the full intention of winning it again. Um, I wouldn't say that it's something we can count on. We just know that we're working at a level to make that a possibility. We have the best possible equipment and we have the best possible coxswain for the job that take us down the course. So we have a lot of confidence uh, in, in our performance already. We were tweaking a little bit based on last weekend's performance against uh, Wellesley. We'll take a look at a couple lineups today in practice and just see if there, if one lineup gels a little better than the other one. Uh, but we, you know, we're 90% of the way there with the crew. Now, how's the men's team looking right now? Give us an update on them. Obviously, they don't get to compete for an NCAA title, but they can still win the NESCAC again. Yeah, we've had some guys. Uh, two, two things have happened on the men's side. We only graduated two seniors uh, out of the varsity eight. Um, but we've also had a bunch of sophomores have really stepped up their training. They came back from uh, their own summer training and, and came back, you know, brand new guys and much stronger, leaner, um, pretty competitive and, and, and wanting to have a good shot. But then on top of that, we brought in a big class of freshmen um, and they're quite good. So we, you know, having some guys come in uh, who are automatically going straight into the varsity eight as freshmen is a big deal. Uh, and that, you know, that just really ups the game. The biggest difference I've seen this year as opposed to all the previous seven years that I've been here is that my the JV8 is very, very strong, and we've never had that before on the men's side. So to have a JV8 that's only, you know, 15, 20 seconds off of the varsity eight over a 12-minute, 13-minute piece, that's, uh, that's something very new and bodes well for our program in the future. Men's Tennis hosted the Wallach Invitational this past weekend right here on campus at Bates College. Meanwhile, the Women's Tennis Program will be wrapping up their fall schedule this weekend at the Bowdoin Invitational. So to catch up with both tennis programs, I sat down with the head coach of both squads, Bates alum, Paul Gastengay. We're really fortunate that tennis, we're still allowed to be with our athletes in the fall. It's an incredible opportunity for the coaches to really develop the players and, and we spend a lot of time doing that development work in the, su in the summer uh, but also in the fall uh, when we can be with our athletes and you know the tournaments are sort of measuring sticks and and where we're at with our development and uh, it's, it's a great opportunity again to be with our athletes on a daily basis work on their game mental physical, spiritual, you know, attitude on the court, all that, and, and build towards the spring. We're obviously not where we need to be. We have a lot of work to do, and that's something we're going to continue in what we call the investment season. So we finished with the men this weekend, officially with tournament play. The women finish up at the end of the week at Bowdoin with a three-day event. 
and then they're bit pretty much on their own throughout the the winter however they're out here five six days a week they're doing their out of season uh, training program and they really play a lot of match play all winter long uh, amongst the team and um, that's how we get better we take the things that we've really worked on in the fall and we the athletes make them part of their game in, in that investment season so uh, they're they're generally a whole level better by February when we kick off again. Good news out of the men's golf program as they won their second consecutive CBB tournament on Saturdays. They knocked off Bowden and Colby, led by sophomore Spencer Pierce. The conditions were pretty tough this weekend. It was really cold, pretty windy. Um, so I, ju I just try to play pretty conservatively, uh, keep the ball in play, um, and that seemed to work out for me. Um, so that's really, that's really all it was to it. And then obviously those, you know, Bowden and Colby are the big rivals for Bates. So what does it mean for you guys to win that title again? Uh, it definitely feels good. Um, I think, especially because it was it was one of our goals this season. Uh, it's a very very reachable goal, and it's just feels great to do it again for the second year. Now it's time to catch up with our Bobcats of the week. And we're joined here on the Bates Bobcast by the male athlete of the week, Brandon Williams of the Bates football program in a game against Williams on Saturday. Your first two career interceptions. What did you see on those plays? How are you able to get those picks? I give a lot of credit to my defensive line and my linebackers. Uh, they really put a lot of pressure on the Williams quarterback, making him throw it quick, making him throw it up early. And because of them, I got all the success that I got this last week. You're able to get nine tackles as well, just right place, right time. You get learning how to, you know, read the offense better a little bit. Yeah, I'm really getting a hang of it. I have to credit a lot of it to my the coaching staff, really putting me in a place to make plays. So you're a junior, and um, you know you've been you in the program now. This is your third season. Originally from Massachusetts, so what originally attracted you to Bates? Um, I actually the first time I came for my visit, I just fell in love with the campus. I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with everything. So what specifically have you been working on with the coaches in terms of your game? You know, being in the defensive backfield. Oh uh, well, as a defensive back, the most important thing for me is my footwork and watching the quarterback and making sure I am playing to a higher level than he's thinking. So I go in, I watch film three to four days a week. I make sure that I know what he's thinking before the play, whether it's a run or pass, whether he's looking quick or in intermediate route, so 13 yards. It's just a lot of a lot of technical stuff. Now Bates obviously has elite academics as well, you know, as athletics here. So how do you personally balance those two? Uh, well, freshman and sophomore year, it's tough. I'm but I'm finally starting to get the hang of things. I'm really starting to like understand how to balance my time more, especially with football in the fall. It's a huge time commitment, but you learn to work with it instead of against it. So how is Coach Harriman as a head coach? What's he like? Oh, uh, he's, he's an awesome guy. He's great. If you ever need anything, you know you can go to him and talk to him about it, and he'll be there to support you no matter your decision. What's the atmosphere like in practice? Is it more intense, or how's it in terms of compared to maybe previous teams you've been on? Well, compared to previous years, I'd say we're bringing a new energy that we haven't had before, even though we have been losing. I think we're bringing a certain excitement to the practice field every day, getting better. Yeah, the games have been close, and uh, does that indicate probably a turnaround coming here pretty soon for you guys? Because I mean, they've been one-score games the last two. Yeah, we're hoping. We've lost the last two games by a combined three points. So you know it's tough, and it's we're trying not to let it get to us, but we all know in the back of our mind we're this close to being 2 and one we, we're, we're expecting a tight around real soon. 
And then in terms of off the field, you know, who are some of the guys in your team who, you know, you've been closest to over the last few years? Um, well, I, it's funny because I've one of my roommate this year and last year, his name's Ivan Reese. He's a real funny guy. He, he plays dive back and he's a, so he plays on the offensive side of the ball, but he's like a real good guy. And you guys uh, run a, on offense, you run a triple option. So yeah. in practice, how does that work? Because no one else runs that in the league, right? Yeah. So uh, we, uh, we get after it every once in a while. It gets a little chippy between the two of us, but we always leave it on the field. And when we get back to the room, we're always fine. Any funny stories from practice this year or anything that you can share? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, a, I have one good one. So we were just, it was just a regular preseason practice. We were getting grumpy and tired. It was probably a two-hour practice. So we're just doing a, a drill, and he comes up and hits one of the defensive backs on a drill where we're not supposed to like have contact. So after the play, I just run after him, and I just give him a hard push, and just we just left it at that. And that was Ivan, right? Yeah, that yeah. was Ivan. <laughs> All right, and, um, you know, any more thoughts on what some of your personal goals are moving forward this season as we, you know, get in the middle of the NESCAC season here? Yeah, well, I'm obviously I'm hoping for continued success for myself, but also my team. I'm hoping that we can win more, we can start to win and turn things around. All right, Brandon Williams, your male Bobcat of the Week here on the Bates Bobcast. Thanks so much. No problem. Have a good one. Joined here on the Bates Bobcast by the female Bobcat of the Week, women's soccer player and captain, Leah Humes, who scored two goals in the final few minutes to allow the Bobcats to upend Connecticut College 4-3 to on Saturday. And Leah, first of all, you're from Canada and ended up here at Bates, so how did you make that transition? I think you went to high school in Massachusetts and then came out to Maine, so how did that all develop? So I um, did. Prep, I went to prep school in Massachusetts. I went to Phillips Andover Academy for two years, uh, and then I was definitely interested in going to a small college afterwards. I looked at a couple different NESCAC schools, but I really fell in love with Bates, um, love the campus, love the community, and so that's how I ended up here. Obviously, you're team captain, but you have battled through some injuries throughout your career. So how have you been able to kind of keep going? Uh, so I mean, the injuries are tough. Uh, I tore my MCL midway through last season, but. We have such a great team here at Bates, and so it's easy to stay connected. You know, even though you're on the sidelines, you're definitely you still feel part of the team. You definitely have an influence. You have a, you know, just being positive on the sidelines helps the team out. So it's great to stay connected that way. Now you originally were playing both basketball and soccer. Now just soccer. What was the reasoning behind you just focus on one sport there? Uh, so I played basketball sophomore year, and then I decided to go abroad, um, junior winter. So it was a tough decision, but. Uh, one that had to be made, and I had a great experience abroad, so I'm happy with that. And then uh, two goals there against Connecticut College in the final few minutes. What happened on each of those for you? So we have a new, uh, first year, Olivia Amder, who's done a really great job this season, and she got the ball down the sideline, um, and we try to feed her often because she sends such great crosses in. Uh, so she was able to get um, cross off, and I headed the first one to tie up the game which was exciting. It was a perfect ball. And then the exact same play two minutes later, she got it down the sideline and sent off a perfect cross again. And I was able to get my foot on it. So yeah, it was almost the exact same play, just <laughs> different time. And then, you know, when you're down late in a game like that, what's going through your mind? Because soccer, obviously, goals can be hard to come by. Yeah, it's tough. And we've had um, you know, bad luck in a couple games. We've been down a few times, and we just never seem to be able to put the full 90 together. Or we've had some trouble putting the 90 together. Um, but this, like the Connecticut College game, we were able to really connect um, for the full 90 minutes, and it was really hard. But I think it's the first time in a long time that we've come um, away with a win after being down twice in the game. So everyone just worked really hard, and people, you know, playing for the full game is what got us that, that big win. So, as team captain, what are some of your responsibilities? 
Um, I mean, just trying to lead by example, um, I'd say, and then just keep the team, you know, positive, remembering all of our goals for the season. Um, and, yeah, just keeping us connected as a unit and, like, working hard throughout the season. Do you interact with the coaching staff more that you're, because you're a team captain? Yeah, I'd say a little bit. Um, but we do have a small senior uh, class, so we often work together. Um, we are five seniors, but now we have two who are injured, so we're three on the field. But I'd say we work as a unit pretty much, but there is more communication with the coaches. Now, moving forward, what are some of your goals as a team in terms of, you know, improving throughout the year here? So we only have four games left um, in regular season, but we're definitely trying to, you know, keep the intensity high at practice, um, focusing on what we've been, our t like, team goals uh, throughout the whole season and really uh, perfecting those uh, because we need to get a couple more wins to solidify a spot in the tournament. So really, you know, like practicing what we've been practicing all year since preseason and just really executing that on the field when we play. All right, Leah Humes, our female Bobcat of the Week. Congratulations. Thank you. So far in 2015, Bates College has announced a record 20 Fulbright U.S. Student Fellowships. The most recent one, class of 2015 graduate Tika Carlson. Tika ran cross country and track at Bates for all four years, and she currently lives and works in Boston. Tika is our featured interview here on the Bates Bobcast. Tika, first of all, let's go back before we ask you about the Fulbright. You're from Connecticut, ended up going to Bates. What drew you to Bates College? Well, it's sort of cliche, but I wanted to go like north. I loved New England, and then I went to Bates, and I had a really good interview, and it was just sort of like being on campus. Like, it just sort of clicked and felt right, um, but my interview was probably the most compelling. I just got along really well with my interviewer and it sounded like a place where I wanted to be like people were really involved and yeah just felt right and obviously you're looking to become a teacher or an administrator in a school and so what first inspired you to get into that field well I was an education minor at Bates and in every education class there's like a field placement so you do 30 hours working in the Lewiston community and I really liked my work there it was different than where I grew up I grew up in like a very homogenous town yeah, it was really nice, like, working with the Somali population in Lewiston and just seeing, like, how they were not so integrated with, you know, the old-time sort of Mainers and just the social dynamics at play and getting out of Bates was really nice and working with different age groups instead of just being surrounded by your college-age peers all the time. Um, and it just it felt like there were so many opportunities and it would be crazy not to be involved in the community. I mean, just having, like, the diversity there and like this whole other culture that I mean people are sometimes unaware of yeah so it was it was a really nice um like part of my Bates experience being in classrooms too um like being a English language tutor after school like at the Lewiston Public Library and I was involved with this book club um for high school girls which focused on their reading skills and social issues um at the Lewiston High School um, and shadowing in classrooms. So yeah, I, I think mostly I was interested in education because of the field placements. And that's interesting because, you know, we often talk about Bates and the experience of going to Bates and Lewiston sometimes gets left in the background, but it seems like for you going out in the community was a crucial part of your college experience. Right. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, and like in my interview, when I was first sort of drawn to Bates, that was one of the things that the interviewer in the admissions um, department kept bringing up is like, there's so much richness and like opportunity in Lewiston, um, which I think is like a real, real, like a, it was an amazing part of my Bates experience. How are you able to balance 
the athletics and the academics and then also outside research and being in the community at all four of those elements, you know, over four years. Do you look back on and think, wow, how did I do that? I do sort of now. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of stamina, I guess, but you don't really question it when you're doing it because it's kind of all interesting and it was also new. Um, but yeah, just like I said, keeping things fresh, um, even if that's like at a cross country workout or a track workout, like trying to improve upon, you know, where you were last week and just small incremental stages of progress that sort of help you build confidence in what you're doing. Um, and that those same things applied to my experiences teaching in Lewiston, um, and working there and just also like doing things for yourself, even if it's like going to the den and like getting mozzarella sticks with some friends or, you know, going to like a cultural event on campus, just breaking the routine and doing fun things, um, that, aren't necessarily part of your like daily you know nine to five or nine to ten or whatever it might be at Bates <laughs> and then the cross-country element yeah I think we touched on this before but you, it seemed like that was a little almost therapeutic in a way because you're running with your friends for an extended period of time and and it sounds like you know you mentioned earlier a lot of, you know, possibly you know just a lot of it was kind of a social hour almost <laughs> yeah it was definitely really fun um running with the same group of girls at like for every single day um just sort of like a nice constant and you could they were people who I could confide in if I was stressed if there were problems going on with school or friends or whatever um they were just a really amazing group of women who I could talk to um and you know whatever with at 4 p.m every day and I think that's been like a really hard transition now that I've left Bates is not having the same teammates and camaraderie um that I felt there. And what was it like um, running with, um, obviously, with um, Coach Jay being your coach for every season? She's really a great coach, and I respect so much that she puts in perspective, like, what running is in our lives. And she, she varies that from athlete to athlete. Like, she can tell when people are really talented at running and how it's going to be a larger part of their base experience than others. And I think she's good at putting it in perspective. Um, and just that we're students and young women and that – Sometimes we have to prioritize school or family things or whatever first. Um, and I think there's like more of a balance between that than I saw in high school athletics. And I just think that's so remarkable that she puts our development um, as young women ahead of us as athletes. Because I think for a lot of us, we run in college and we keep running and it's a lifelong hobby, but our you know social development is a lot more important. Um, so I think that's definitely what I really respected about Jay. You did a lot of outside research also working with professors. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I worked with um, the education department a bit with Mara Teakin, and she was working on her book about rural education. So I worked for her a lot my sophomore year, um, finding like test results about from rural schools. There was school consolidation happening because two rural schools were failing, um, and she sort of did this case study on the school. So I was finding test scores from No Child Left Behind, um, sort of digging around um, where I could find these these scores to help her. Um, I mean, it was a really qualitative study, but support what she was saying. Um, so there was that and sort of editing or helping review her book from a, she'd had so many eyes on the book before, um, but just having a student's perspective on a couple of her chapters, which was um, a really great learning experience and an honor. Let's talk about the Fulbright now. Obviously, um, what inspired you, first of all, to apply for it? 
Well, what a good, great question. I always thought Fulbright was really cool. Like I loved being abroad um, and four months flew by when I was in Chile. So I thought it would be cool to be somewhere even longer and more immersed. And I've always been sort of interested in the Fulbright mission of um, mutual understanding and being both like a teacher, you're teaching people English um, and students English and about American culture and being like a cultural ambassador, but also the like reverse side of that and being a student of their culture. And when you come back, you're a teacher again and like sharing your experiences there and um, like beyond the stereotypes of what they think of as American stereotypes or in my case, like what people in the U.S. think of as Brazilian stereotypes um, and just having real like cool experiences. 10 months coming up in Brazil. The Olympics are going to be there while you're there. What are you most excited about? What are you most nervous about? Oh, boy. Well, I think I'm equally excited and nervous about learning Portuguese. I think that's such like a almost like a more marketable skill than Spanish because it's so unique. And at least where I live in Somerville now, there's a huge um, Brazilian Portuguese speaking population. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, but it's also a little scary because it's not Spanish, even though a lot of people think they're so similar. There's like a lot that I'm going to have to learn. And there's not many people that speak um that speak English there. I don't think I'll have that as a crutch, like that they can just speak English. I think depending on my placement, it could be really isolating. So that's um, concerning, but I'm also like so excited to just take advantage of Brazil. It's so different than South America. It's sort of like, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's, it's like there's South America and then there's Brazil and it's different culturally, um, economically, there's so much going on there. I think it's like a great time for them. They're trying to get on the world stage. They just hosted the World Cup. Um, now they're having the Olympics. You've obviously studied abroad there. You mentioned Chile. What other countries have you been to? What lessons can you take from your previous experiences abroad to this? Well, I think not an abroad experience. I have gone abroad um, to different places. I have a lot of family in Sweden that I visited in particular, so I feel like that's probably the other culture I know the best. But I worked on an organic farm in Hawaii, and just realizing the diversity within the U.S. was sort of astounding to me. There's such a big Japanese influence there, which I really didn't know about. Um, in you know, I was on Oahu, so in various parts of that island, and then also like the Polynesian influence is so strong, and the Samoan in influence is really big too. It's just like really complex, like racially, the history there, which I didn't really know about. I mean, I had some idea, but not to like the extent that it's like really still palpable when you're there. Last question for you. It seems like almost all the Bates athletes who get Fulbrights, at least recently, have been track and field. What is it about that program? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it is funny. Um, well, there's there are a lot of us, but I, I don't think that's exactly what it is. Um, there are a lot of track and field people. But probably, like, something about running, I think. Um, like, you're pretty disciplined and... Yeah, I don't really know. I It's a great program. I, I mean, I loved my experience on the track and field team and the cross-country team. Um, but, yeah, good question. Maybe ask um, Jay and Fresh. <laughs> you might have to do that. All right, well, TK Carlson, congrats again on the Fulbright. She's going to Brazil in February for a 10-month uh, teaching assistantship there. Don't know what city yet, but it should be a good time. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Now for a quick look at the upcoming week in Bates Athletics. 
The field hockey team is home on Wednesday at 5 o'clock to take on Babson. Meanwhile, you can come support the women's volleyball team this Friday at 8 o'clock as they host Hamilton. And then a big slate of home games on Saturday with women's soccer hosting Tufts at noon. Field hockey is also hosting Tufts at noon. And then at 2 o'clock, men's soccer is hosting Tufts and women's volleyball is hosting Middlebury at the same time. Don't forget the football team is on the road again this week as they're taking on Wesleyan at 1 o'clock in Connecticut on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the home games are as follows. At noon, the women's soccer team is hosting Amherst. Field hockey is also hosting Amherst. That's at 1 o'clock. And men's soccer will take on Amherst at 3 o'clock. That is on Sunday. Make sure you come back on Tuesday of next week for yet another edition of the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates.